You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. All right, take your Bibles. we got a bunch of stuff to get through today. I told Don, like, man, I have enough stuff in this lesson for two weeks and I keep going back to it, and I keep adding more stuff. I'm like, I got to stop this. I got to take stuff out, not put stuff in, but you know what? It's okay. We're going to get through as much as the Lord allows us here today, but take your Bibles, and we're going to go to our text that we've been having for the last couple weeks here, and if you remember, we started with the area of materialism in our lives. We spent a couple of weeks on that, and then we moved over into contentment, but take your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 12. I was going to see if anybody remember what our text was. Since no pages were rustling, I realized you did not know our text was. So Luke chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 13, the parable of the rich young fool. We won't read the whole parable for sake of time, but we'll read a couple of verses in this passage, and then we'll turn over to 1 Timothy. So again, a couple of weeks we spent on materialism. We spent uh, a time on talking about what is materialism, and do we allow that to affect our lives? We talked a lot about finances and what God's desire was for the finances that he gives to us. We talked about that everything we do have does ultimately belong to God, although he has required us to be a steward of that. So he has given us certain possessions, certain talents, certain finances to be used for his glory. And we all have different amounts of those, right? So not everyone's going to have the same amount of finances. Not everyone's going to have the same amount or same kind of talents. Um, Not everyone's going to have an Eli to bring them a wireless mic. So we praise the Lord for those people who can do that. So in, the, in that area, we talked about that for two weeks in the area of materialism. We really do have is in that area. And so when we talked about that, we just had went over a lot of stuff that God requires us as stewards to do with the possessions that he's given to us. So, Eli, are you back there? I feel really loud. We'll get this right here in a second. All right, so Luke chapter 12, we're going to be talking about a subject today that's probably not everyone's favorite subject. Um, I actually debated about not bringing it because I knew that a lot of people aren't going to like to hear about the things that we're going to talk about that today. And, but I just really prayed about it, and I really felt like this is something the Lord has for us as Christians today. Um, I'll be bringing some stuff just from my own personal experiences, and I'll try to make sure that I preference that before I say it. But God does have a lot to say about the subject that we'll be dealing with today. Um, and I know a lot of you are older, and a lot of you have already lived a big chunk of your life, or maybe have made decisions already that maybe won't be in line with this. But what I want to tell you with is just take everything I'm going to say today and just say, God, what do you have for me today? Right? And that's all we should ever come to the Lord in his scriptures and just say, Lord, no matter where I'm at in my life, before I just say, no, I don't want to hear, or this doesn't apply to me, or I don't need this, or I've already done this, or whatever, just say, Lord, Is there something that I can learn today? Is there something that I need to change in my life so that I can be better used of you, so I can be a better steward of what you have for me? But here we are here in Luke chapter 12. We're going to start in verse... We'll start in verse 13 again. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, which is what we talked about last week. For a man's life 
consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Now I've dropped over to verse 21. So he that layeth up treasures for himself is not rich towards God. Now drop down to verse 31. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now go over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. <clears throat> 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we'll read verse 6, start in verse 6 there. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. I got a couple of verses I want. I'll probably read down to verse 12 for us here today. But godliness with contentment is great gain. We talked about that last week. Godliness with contentment. You add those two things together, God says that is great gain. If God's going to tell us something's great gain, whether you believe it or not, it is great gain. So just think about that. But godliness, are you godly? Do you walk with God? Do you spend time with God? Are you allowing God to lead and guide your life? Do you seek to please God on a daily basis? Are you godly? Are you like God? But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they... But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money. Not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil. There's a lot of people out there, do I dare say most people out there, have a love for money. As you go about your job and you run into people and you start talking with them and finding out their passions and their desires, there is a lot of the love for money out there in this world, but God has called us as his children not to have this love for money. He said, The love of money is the root of all evil, which while some having coveted after, there's that covetousness that we talked about, but some having coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things, the things that we just read, flee them. Run away from them and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. I'm going to read that again because I really think we need to realize what God is telling us to do here. Instead of following after the love of money, instead of allowing the things of this world to consume us and that be our daily focus every single day is gaining those type of things, he said flee away from those and follow after righteousness, how much time do you spend every single day following after righteousness? Think about that. Godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. All things I probably fail at right there. So that's a little convicting right there in that verse. And it says here, fight the good fight of faith. We talked about that last week. How we need to realize that this is a battle. This is a war. Whether you want to be engaged in it or not, it's already warring against you. Satan is already coming after us in these areas of our life. It is a war, and you have to decide whether or not you're going to fight this war. If you say, I don't want to fight, then don't be surprised when Satan overcomes you with these areas of your life. He said, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Are you willing to fight this battle in your life? It says in Deuteronomy chapter 15, you can turn there actually, I'd like to have you read this. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 5. I know I'm taking a lot of time already just to hit some of these verses, but I just, it's so critical to hear the word of God and what God has to say. 
Deuteronomy chapter 5, or excuse me, chapter 15, verse 5, and this is going to be talking about this verse, this portion of scripture is going to be talking about what we're going to be talking about today. Thank you, give you a second to turn there. And then I'll read a couple more verses, and then we'll jump into the lesson and try to get through as much as we can. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 5 says, Only if thou carefully hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all these commandments which I command thee this day. For the Lord thy God blesses thee as he promised thee, and thou shalt lend unto thy, excuse me, thou shalt lend unto many nations, talking to the nation of Israel here, but thou shalt not what? Borrow. And thou shalt reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over thee. That was God's desire for the nation of Israel, and that was going to happen and did happen for them when they obeyed God's commandments and his statutes. And we know what happened when they didn't do that. And that same principle is true in our life. When we decide to obey God's commandments, when we decide to apply God's principles to our life, when we decide to do that and we say, you know what, I don't care what the world says, I don't care what the mainstream flow is, but if God says this is what I should be doing, and if this is a principle that God says is a wise thing to do, then you know what, whether I can figure it out or not, I'm just going to do it. Because this is what God says to do. And God says, I will bless you. There has been many times in my life where I've had to decide, am I going to do what kind of makes sense? Am I going to do what everyone else says, this is the right way to run a business or a life or whatever? Or am I just going to do what I know God says to do and by faith leave it in his hands to do and accomplish whatever he wants to in my life, but just know that I'm just obeying God? And that's where we need to come to as believers to say, I'm just going to obey God. It's that simple. It's that simple, except for it's actually very hard to do that on a regular basis. Because so often, as we read about so many times, how we need to renew our mind, our mind clutters up sometimes what God wants us to do. And so instead of renewing our mind to think like God, instead of renewing our mind to follow after the principles of God, we allow all the other stuff that comes from this world to cloud our judgment and so instead of running the decisions through the Word of God, it's my iPad, but I use the Word of God here. Instead of running decisions and letting them filter through the Word of God, we let them filter through our mind that may be clouded by this world that we live in. And that's why God says, renew your mind daily. Make sure that you have the mind in the heart of Christ. A Joshua 1.8 says, This book of law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and what? Day and night. He knew that this was so critical that you need to be in God's word day and night so that your mind would be renewed. And that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. This is the second time. We just read about how God said, I want you to do all my commandments. And now he said, I want you to observe to do all that is written therein. Not just some of it, but all of it. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. God didn't say, and then thou shalt be rich, right? There's that teaching out there. God, God has never said that. God never said, when you follow after me, and then you will be rich. He never said that. But he did say you'll have good success, okay? So I want you to realize this. And God said that we need to observe to do all that he has commanded. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and a good understanding, which is good success, have all they that do his commandments. Have all they that do his commandments. So today we're going to be talking about debt. The last lesson in this series that we've been in, and it comes down to an area in my life that I had to make this call many, many years ago. Was I going to allow debt 
and the teaching of death that the world gives to us, was I going to follow that in my life, or was I going to follow the principles that God has laid out in the areas of debt? In my opinion, and I think as we read scriptures today, you will realize that debt is really dumb. Okay? Debt is dumb. If you don't get nothing else out of this lesson today, and we have a lot of stuff, if you just remember those three words, debt is dumb, I think you'll be far ahead of that most people in their life. But debt really is dumb, and we're going to be talking about that here today. But most people in America, I'm not saying the world, I don't know about the world, but I know in America, most people, a good majority of Americans are in debt. Why is that? As when we live in one of the most successful countries, one of the most prosperous countries, when our economy right now is doing better than it has in 50 years, yet our debt as consumers keeps rising and rising. Something's out of whack. Something's not right. Something is messed up in America, in our lives today. Debt is normal, but God did not call us to be normal, did he? God called us to be a peculiar people. Are you peculiar when it comes to your finances? I'm going to be going over a lot of things today, and I'm going to be giving a lot of statistics, and just to really help us to open up our eyes to maybe where we're at as a church, as a people, but even as an American society here today. But 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Just wrap your head around that. 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. That means that when they get their paycheck, if they were to miss their paycheck, they couldn't pay their bills for one week or one month. That's a scary thing. That's a lot of pressure to live underneath of, but that's where 70% of America's, America is at. When we talk about debt, debt creates a relationship of servitude to the creditor. So whatever debt that you have in your life, you are basically a put yourself as a servant to whoever you have to pay that debt back to. And it could be Sally Mae, it could be your Chase credit card, it could be Bank of America, it could be whatever, a lot of debt that we have. Um, back in the scriptures, and we don't have a lot of time to get into this because there's such limited time today, but the debt that you read about in the nation of Israel, it wasn't the same type of debt that we deal with today. Okay, that was a more of a charitable debt. It was forgiven every seven years. Even if you remember when Nehemiah came back and he went to rebuild the walls, he had to talk to all the leaders there um, and say, listen, why are you, why are you placing your God's people in debt? You need to forgive them their debt. Because it's been seven years. You can't just keep placing God's people under debt. So even God never had the desire for his people to be in constant bondage in this area. So I want you to think about that. We don't have time to get into that. You can do your own study. But the debt that you find in the nation of Israel and how what they did is completely different than the debt that we have put upon ourselves here today. It was set up completely different. The Bible does say in Romans chapter 13, verse 8, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth has fulfilled the law. Just think about how much extra finances that you would have if you did not have a credit card payment, if you did not have a car payment, if you did not have student loans, because that's actually one of the biggest debts that are coming onto our nation recently. What about if you didn't have a house payment? And you might say, well, that's crazy, Isaac. That's crazy. Everyone has a house payment. Everyone nowadays has a car payment. That's just stuff that you have to have. If that is your mentality and that's the first thing that came to your mind, you need to renew your mind, okay? Because we've bought into the deception, into the lies of our culture here today. And I want to help you try to work through these things in your life. You do not have to have a house payment. You do not have to have a car payment. You do not have to have a revolving credit card balance just to make ends meet, okay? Now, I know that sometimes, for a certain period of time, we might have debt in our life. 
but it should always be the goal of God's people to get out from underneath that debt and not to keep pouring on more and more debt onto their life. Okay, so we're going to be talking about that a little bit here today as well. I know I keep saying we're going to be talking about it a little bit, so let's, keep, let's start talking about it. How would your life be different if this was the case? If you, did, if you had the freedom in your life and you didn't have all this debt, just think about right now. I want you to picture right now, if you have debt here and whatever it is, and more, most people have more debt than they even have in their head. If they actually literally sit down and actually put it on paper, people have more debt than they realize. But think about the debt in your head. If you think about your car payment, your student loans, your credit card, your house, whatever, think about this in your head. Think about all that debt and those monthly payments that you make. Now think about this. Think about if all that was gone. Think about the difference. Do you, how would you feel if all of your debt everything that you owe to someone else in this world, if all that was completely wiped away and was gone. You know what? When we asked Jesus Christ to save us, he wiped our debt of sin away. Okay? And that God's goal at that time was to give us ultimate freedom in our life to live for him. So he wiped our debt, our slate clean. That was a debt we could not repay. But when you think about the debt that we have brought upon ourselves as Christians and as God's people, and that debt we have, if you think about this, if you were to take away all that debt, you know the word that comes to my mind when I think about that? If, I didn't have, if we didn't have any debt, it's just, the word that comes to my mind is freedom. Have freedom in our life. Freedom to give more. Freedom to do more. Freedom to live differently. Freedom of not having the bondage and the pressure of having something in our life that says you have to make this payment this month, or if you don't, something bad's going to happen to you in your life. That's a lot of pressure and a lot of things that we carry in our life. The average American now has about $38,000 in personal debt. This does not include a mortgage, okay? The average American household, excuse me, has about $38,000 in personal debt. The average American household, a household together in America, if they have credit cards, they have an average of $15,983 of reoccurring balance, which means they did not pay that off. It just keeps coming over and over again. And an individual is right around 6000 give or take. So you say an average person or household between 6000 and almost $16,000 of reoccurring credit card balance that just keeps flipping over and over every single month. This revolving credit card balance has reached now $423.8 billion in America every single year. I'm going to say that number one more time because that's a staggering number. $423.8 billion is reoccurring credit card balance every single month in America. This happened in 2019 this year, earlier this year. And at the same time, credit card interest rates have almost never been higher than they currently are right now, right around 17.4%. Okay, and you may say, oh, Isaac, I got you, I got a 15% credit card rate. Well, praise the Lord. All right, that's not what we're talking about, okay? So the average credit card is 17% interest rate, and the reoccurring balance right now is over $400 billion in America of Americans that are in credit card issues in their life. The average mortgage debt that we have as Americans is right around $156,000 for the average mortgage debt. The average student loan debt is right around $37,000, 
Okay? This is the average person who comes out of college that has a student loan, which most people do now have that when they come out of college. It didn't used to be this way. Okay? It didn't used to be that when you went to college and you came out, you automatically thought, knew you are going to have student loan debt. I could ask some older people here that says, was that the trend when you were going to college? And they would say, no, it wasn't. That didn't used to be, but now we've fallen prey to, I can't go to college and come out of college debt-free. I just have to get student loan debt to pay for my college. And it doesn't have to be that way. But $37,000 is the average student loan. Outstanding student loan debt has tripled in the last decade. Again, this is, a new, this, is, this is new. This is a new phenomenon that's happened in our country. It has tripled in the last decade and is now in America $1.5 trillion of student loan debt. We're talking about young people who come out of college ready to start their life. $1.5 trillion right now are on the shoulders of student loan for student loans in our country. That's crazy. That's crazy. A college education is now the second largest expense that an individual is likely to have besides having a house as a, as a, as a college education. I told my wife I wasn't going get to get on, get, get into the subject, but I just, I want to mention it right now. Just trying to think about how to do this quickly. Maybe I shouldn't do it. All right, we'll just, we're going to move. We're going to move on. Maybe we'll come back to that. I just want to say, believe it or not, you can go to college and graduate without student loan debt. Amen? You can do it, okay? It takes work. It's not easy. You have to save up. You have to pay cash. You have to apply probably for scholarships and federal grants, which there are a lot out there. But guess what? It takes work to do it. So you know what happens? People don't do it because it takes a lot of work. But if you're a young parent here and you have kids that are going to go to college or already go to college, Make them apply for grants. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? Apply for these grants if you can get it, if you're going to, if you'll apply for the college you're going for. But save up, pay cash, apply for grants, and work your way through school. There's nothing wrong with going to college and working at the same time. If you're over 50 years old and went to college and you worked when you went to college, please raise your hand. Oh, look it. It's almost every single person that's over 50 years old, okay? Listen, you can do it, okay? Young people who are maybe getting ready to go to college, you can do it. It's not easy. Nothing worth having in life is usually going to come easy, but you can do it. Don't fall into the trap of student loan. The average, uh, we're going to skip over that one, over 40% of U.S. families spend more than they earn, okay? Wrap your head around that one. Over 40% of American families, households in America, will spend more money every single month than they earn. Hmm, I'm not great at math, but that doesn't make any sense, Okay? That's, that's not wise. More than 50% of Americans have either no emergency savings or less or not enough to cover three months of expenses. That's half of Americans don't even have a savings account for emergencies, which I don't know about you, but emergencies are always going to happen. You know what? You know what is the difference between an emergency and not an emergency? Someone who prepared for that emergency, right? Someone who said, you know what? My washer and dryer is probably not going to last my whole entire life. I should probably save for a washer and dryer. So when their washer and dryer goes out, it's not catastrophic. It's just a, a life thing that they have to deal with because they saved up and they are wise enough to realize it's going to happen. Someone who says, you know, my car's not going to last forever or my roof's going to go bad in my house or this or that. Most things that we deal with in our life really shouldn't be emergencies because you know what? It's just life. We, we're, we're smart enough to figure out how, what life's going to throw at us. Now, sometimes legitimate things do happen. Maybe a medical emergency pops up. Maybe something crazy does happen. Maybe a loss of a family member and there has to be a funeral there. 
I understand that. But we need to be wise enough to know that most stuff that we consider an emergency really never should have been considered an emergency to begin with because we should have been wise enough to realize that was probably going to happen in our life. Only 2% of homes in America are paid for. Look at all the houses in America. 2%. 2% those people actually own their house. Less than 50% of Americans have, have over $10,000 saved for retirement. One in 100 Americans will file for bankruptcy, which means that in this room, if we take this statistic, one to two of us are going to file for bankruptcy. It's <laughs> crazy. 26% of Americans admit to not paying their bills on time on a regular basis. Interest is killing the provisions that God has given to us. We as God people are allowing the interest and the debt that we are under to rob us of the provisions and the financial freedom that God has for us. We're allowing that to steal that away from us. Let's put it in perspective real quick. Got a bunch of statistics here. Can't go into them, but we'll just do the house, okay? A house is a big one. I understand most people can't go drop money for an entire house, right? That would be amazing. That would be a miracle. But let me tell you one thing. It does happen, okay? It does happen. So before you say it can never happen, guess what? We serve a God who made this entire world. It can happen. But let's say, let's say, let's right here, okay? You take a $150,000 house, which is what the average American house was, give or take a couple thousand dollars, consider a 5% interest, a 30-year mortgage, which is the common mortgage that people usually get, which to me is just crazy. Why would you say I want to be in debt for 30 years? But whatever, that's the normal. It's a 30-year mortgage. You will pay at a 5% interest rate on $150,000, $139,000 in interest on that house over the course of 30 years, almost doubling the price of that house. If you're just wise enough to say, I'll go do, do, I'll do that same house, but I'm going to see if I can do it in 15 years and do a 15-year mortgage, your, your interest rate's at 63000 Do you not understand the amount of finances it takes when you go into debt and you really make these decisions? The New York Post just wrote an article a couple weeks ago. It says, America has a shocking new savings and loan crisis. Now, we knew the New York Post. That's not a very conservative uh, newspaper here. Consumer debt is surging to record highs, fueled by rising mortgage debt, student loans, and a binge on credit card use. And more Americans are flat out broke with no emergency savings. Consumer debt is an ongoing personal financial crisis for many Americans. The ease of obtaining ever-increasing levels of available credit is trapping many consumers into the illusion. This is an illusion. is isn't Satan just the deceiver, the illusion. It's the illusion that they can buy whatever they want regardless of the ability to repay the debt taken on. Hmm. Have we fallen prey to that same illusion? Don't fall for the lie in the trap that you have to get a credit card, a car loan, or some type of loan to build your credit. This is for younger people. Older people probably don't have to deal with this right now. You've lived your whole life for the most part. But younger people, and as parents, don't, please, don't tell your kids, oh, go get a credit card, go get a car, so you can build your credit. Okay? Do you know what, do you know what a credit score is? A credit score is, I love debt score. Because 90% of what your credit score is based upon is how you pay off your debts. Okay? And I know there's going to be people say, oh, Isaac, you know you have good credit score. This will happen or that will happen or whatever. But I'm telling you right now, you can get a mortgage for a house without a good credit score. Okay? And if you can't, you probably shouldn't be buying that house in the first place. But you can find somebody to help you get the money you need to get without having a credit score at all. I have a very, very small credit score. You want to know why? 
Because the Lord has allowed me to base these principles in my life, and I have never once, ever in my entire life, gone into debt for anything. And you know what? It hasn't hurt me one single bit. Okay? So don't fall into that lie and that trap that is perpetrated by people who want to give you the money so they can take your money back to themselves. Don't believe the lie. You'll never be able to afford it without going into debt. This simply is not true. So why do we go into debt? Wow, I cannot believe the time. Why do we go into debt? Well, we talked about last week. We go into debt because we just covet things, right? We are addicted to stuff. Listen, guys, I fall prey to this as much as anybody else, but we as Americans are addicted. We are addicted to stuff, okay? Guys, we'll skip over the rest of that. What's another reason we go into debt? Because we're lazy. No one likes to hear that. Not one person in the world likes someone to come up to them and be like, you know what? You're lazy. I'm not saying Mr. Vince is lazy. I'm just pointing at him for an illustration. You know what? I tell my sons all the time that they're lazy because I want them to develop that hard work ethic in their life. But we're lazy because we will not make getting out of debt a priority because you know what? Getting out of debt, it's really, really hard. If you've gotten into debt, that becomes, that is easy. It is very easy to go into debt. But to get back out of debt, oh, whoa, wait a second. That is very difficult, which is why most people in America are still in debt. Because it is really, really hard to get out of debt. But we need to make sure that we're not being lazy in this area, making that a priority in our life. The Bible says, the soul of the slugger desireth. I desire to be out of debt. Ain't one person that's in debt that wouldn't raise their hand and say, yeah, I want to be out of debt. The soul of the slugger desireth, and yet hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent is made fat. Are you diligent in your life? A lot of people just have a lack of faith. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. Don't lean on the understanding of the way the world has so infiltrated our mind in this area of finances, but trust in the Lord with all of your heart. He, our God can do amazing things. Have you even prayed and asked God to help you get out of debt? Have you even said, God, what do I need to do to get out of debt? Or have you ever prayed, God, help me never to go into debt? If you're blessed enough at this time, or maybe young enough, that you haven't placed yourself into debt and into that bondage, then keep that as your main prayer. Lord, please keep me out of debt. Please help me to have the sacrifices and do the things that I need to do not to fall into this trap that is so all over this world that we live in. When was the last time you seriously prayed and, asked and prayed about your finances with God? Ask, and it shall be given thee. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. Another reason that we go into debt and that we're, where we don't come out of debt is because we're unwilling to sacrifice. How could you possibly give up eating out three nights a week? How could? You know, Americans love to go out to eat. I think we know that because every time you go to a restaurant, you're waiting to get in the restaurant for the most part. But you know what? It does take that sacrifice to get out of debt. This kind of goes along with being lazy. But you know what? You're going, if you are in debt right now, right now you're in debt. You owe someone something it's going to take a lot of sacrifice to get out of that debt. You know what that means? You might not be able to afford that cable. <gasps> no cable? That's crazy. What am I going to do every single night? You might not be able to afford that high-speed internet. <gasps> high-speed internet? How can I play Xbox Live? Isaac, that's crazy. That's, that's a need. Everybody has to have high-speed internet. I'm just saying, be willing to sacrifice. Because if you're not willing to sacrifice and you're not willing to change, then something's not going to, it's not going to automatically happen, okay? So something has to change in your life. Oh, there's so much more I want to go into. You have to be willing to give up something temporary for what you're going to have in the future. Another reason this happens, guys, 
is because we're prideful. This is the one I don't like because this is the one I fall into sometimes. But listen, we want to keep up appearances. Do you know what Paul said? I've learned how to what? Abase. I've learned how to a what? Abound. I've learned how to. Do you know that certain times in your life, God's going to have you abounding? And certain times in your life, God's going to have you abasing. But you know what? If you find yourself in that time where God has you to be down here, but you want to keep up this up here, guess what? You're not content. And you're not willing. And you want to keep up this appearance. So often people go into debt just to keep up a certain appearance. A certain level of living. So they go into debt for that. Don't fall into that trap. Another reason this happens because your spouse isn't on the same page. <laughs> okay? One spouse wants to get out of debt. One spouse doesn't want to get out of debt. It's probably not going to get out of debt because that's going to be a big fight. So get on the same page with your spouse. If you're going to get married, make sure you talk about this stuff before you're married. That's really super important. Make sure you're on the same page. But definitely if you're already married, make sure you get with your spouse on this. Remember, we are stewards of what God has given to us. And as you get married, you're doing this as a partnership. It's not her money and my money. It's our money. It's really God's money. Amen? And how are we going to use God's money in our life? Not her money and his money, but God's money. I know we're wrapping up here. Another reason is that we are not managing our money as Americans. We don't have budgets. I would dare say, if I ask for a raise of hands right now, how many of you people have a zero-based budget? A zero-based budget is every single dollar that is coming in, you've told that dollar where to go. This is, what, this is where we're going to put the giving. This is where we're going to put the savings. This is where we're going to put the emergency fund. That when you get your check, that you've given every dollar a place to go with God's leading and direction. Amen. Not your direction, but God's leading direction. You give that dollar. I guarantee you that less than half the people in this room would raise their hand saying, I have a zero-based budget. Probably less than that. Another reason is we haven't credit, cut up our credit cards. Okay? This is what happens. I'm credit card. I was going to bring an old credit card I found in my drawer that was deactivated a long time ago. I was going to cut it up for you. This is what happens. You say, I'm only keep, I don't use that credit card all the time. I always pay off the balance. But Isaac, what if an emergency pops up? What if something happens and I, I don't have the money? And, I, and that's why I have the credit card. I thought that's why we are Christians. <laughs> right? That's why we're supposed to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Amen? Don't trust in your credit card with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Guess what? You're going to pay, you're going to have to pay that bill no matter when it comes or what it is. So why would you not save ahead of time? Or why would you not trust in the Lord? Because regardless, you're going to have to pay for it. Whether you pay for it now or you swipe on a credit card and you pay twice as much later on, you're going to be paying for that item no matter what. You're going to be paying for whatever it is in your life. Please don't fall into the trap of, I only have a credit card for emergency situations. Don't fall into that trap. The last one I have on here is that people get discouraged. I get it. Having debt is discouraging. You know what? Sometimes God's people, we lose hope over things when God does not have for us to lose hope. It can be discouraging. It can be overwhelming. You can say, Isaac, you have no idea. I have credit card debt. I got student loan debt. I'm trying to take care of my family. I can barely put food on the table. I am so overwhelmed right now. But you guys, I want you to realize, get out guys, we serve a God that is amazing. He can get you out of situations that you can never imagine what God can do for you. If you are willing to follow God and follow his promises and follow his principles, he can do amazing things in your life. You just have to step out by faith and say, okay God, I can't do this. This is impossible. I've been really stupid and really dumb and I put myself in a huge, huge predicament and I don't know what to do, but by faith, I'm going to start giving. 
I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to start doing the things that you've asked me to do by faith, and I'm going to trust you that you will do a miracle in my life. And it might not be quick, and it might not be easy, but I'm going to keep following you, and I'm going to keep doing it, and I don't care if it takes me the rest of my life. But I am going to do what you have called me to do in this area of my fantasies. And I am going to become a good steward of what God has given to me in my life. Remember, you will reap what you sow. That principle is all throughout the scriptures. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.